Hi, I'm Gio. And I'm Renee. And this is Listen to Me Podcast, where you get all the greatest in unqualified advice from qualified creatives. Basically, we go through it so you know how to get yourself in the mood faster with less struggle. That's my favorite. <laughs> I'm I'm never not in the mood. <laughs> you didn't deliver that very seductively. It actually reminded me of this season of um, RuPaul's Drag Race when Jada is being Madonna and she's like, I made a sex tape in Paris. And Michelle's like, that's not sexy enough. Jada, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, should I do it again? <laughs> no, you Basically, can't. Basically... We go through it so you know how to get yourself in the mood faster and with less struggle. Was that sexy enough for you? Yes, I found it very sexy personally. <laughs> You're like, we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just anticipating the backlog of DMs we're going to get if you use that version. None. <laughs> I'm telling you now, none. Just Not a one. Post like a picture of yourself topless with like two cherries covering your nipples for the title card of this episode. <laughs> My goal for this recording session is to get you to spit beer all over your mind. <laughs> no, I don't want to buy a new one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have famously bad timing. So hi, hello. <laughs> hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I've been doing lots of reading and cross-stitching and things of that nature. Clay bought a ring fit. Do you know what that is? No. It's like a controller for Nintendo Switch that comes on this big plastic hoop and it goes to a game that makes you exercise, except it's in the style of a video game. So Clay's really into it and he's been doing it on his Twitch streams. So like you can work out. Oh wait, oh he's doing it online. Yeah. For, no, for no, people no. to watch. He, yes, yeah. Like he's incorporating into it, it into his Twitch streams. Wait, wait, wait. So hold on. So he's working out live. Yes. Online. <laughs> yes. For people to watch. Yes. Him working out. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> when's the OnlyFans happening? <laughs> <laughs> discussed it yet but it's whatever he's comfortable with <laughs> that means i could go part-time i'm okay with it <laughs> you're like sell the pics girl make me that money oh my god so he had me doing it yesterday not on his twitch stream but just in the living room and it was interesting it definitely got my heart rate up that's for sure because you're like jogging in place and you're like doing like overhead presses with a ring and stuff like that and like mm -hmm. squats and things it's very strange. My dog did not like it. Cheese is cone bound right now because he just got neutered. <laughs> He's very upset by like everything right now. You honestly, okay, that picture that you took of him uh, <laughs> with the like cone and the the handsmaids <laughs> thing. <laughs> I, I honestly think you should post that to the Instagram. Like, <laughs> like, I think it's so funny when this episode comes out. It is hilarious. He, yeah, he's just, he looks so beleaguered all the time. And I took a series of photos of him having like a standoff with Clay because we will take the cone off him every once in a while, which you're not really supposed to do. But it, I just feel so bad for him. So he was sitting across 
on the couch from Clay. And I have this series of two photos where like in one, she's looking at Clay intently with the cone on and Clay is laughing. And then in the second photo, she's still looking at him with a cone on, but Clay's face is like, whoa like that because she's like grunted at him like a demand bark and a grunt like get this off my head right now <laughs> listen fucker stupid human <laughs> yeah i hate those <laughs> really funny that's so cute though yes. i know like not for him but i think no, it's adorable it's okay he'll be fine the alternative is him like licking his <laughs> neuter wound getting an infection which is much worse so he can deal with the discomfort anyway um yeah so what i was talking about earlier when i was saying that i was listening <laughs> like a sociopath to an audiobook at two times speed one of the things that i i bet you this is what i mentioned actually julia cameron's book the artist's way famously put forward this idea of morning pages does that sound familiar to you yes where you, yeah, you start you like your day writing like a few things out Mm -hmm. You like sit down and you kind of like do like a brain drain where you put everything that isn't serving you on the page. So anything that's blocking your creative process, you just write it out. You take 15 minutes or what have you to write or however long it takes you to write three full handwritten pages, I should say. You mean like, oh, like I'm going through this like personally and I just want to write about it to not have to like. It's whatever comes to mind, apparently. So it's literally like whatever is cluttering up your mental space. And the idea isn't to turn it into anything cohesive. So it's not like writing out a journal entry or anything like that. It's just writing down a stream of consciousness impression of whatever's in your head at that moment. That's to, cool. Yeah, to set the tone. It's like siphoning off the crap, like so that you can get to the good stuff in there. I'm waking up. <laughs> what was that? I thought you were going somewhere else with that. <laughs> That's it. I'm waking up. <laughs> I'm waking up. That's like me in the morning. I'm just so like, uh, uh, like incapable. Yeah, I like the idea of it though. And it fits with our theme today, which is kind of you protect your creative time or your creative space and mm -hmm. all of these things i think are interlinked in my mind when i think about the concept of protecting the potential for creative output i'm thinking about what does this physical space look like what is the environment that is conducive to a higher or more efficient creative output and also what kind of energy and mental clarity are you bringing into that pursuit right and it does actually dovetail nicely with our topic from the week before where we did invest in yourself because i think in order to protect your creative space you need to show up for yourself and that is investing in your creativity absolutely right yeah it, it, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna let you go fly fly little geo bird fly <laughs> We've talked about in a previous episode about space, like creative spaces, your office. I liked the idea of the time specifically where just thinking about, okay, if I have to get some work done, if I have to get in the zone or, you know, get in the mood, like we said at the top of the episode, <laughs> Renee writes my jokes. <laughs> I'm like Maya Rudolph and you're like one of the SNL writers. <laughs> I love Maya so much she's the best she is anyway no it's true like to get into that 
mood and this is disregarding oh i have to get stuff done like i have to work i'm not like rush to do anything or if it's a personal project and it doesn't have to necessarily be for a client what does that look like as far as okay i'm gonna set the tone mm -hmm. for the next few hours in order to successfully produce also enjoy myself a little bit and not be like ah! <laughs> <laughs> i'm under it i gotta get I... shit done <laughs> <laughs> i know that it was a joke that i said in the mood but i honestly do think of it as like it's if real you're, if you're producing something it is kind of there is this quasi romantic or almost sensual component to it where it's like for me to write i have to have the lighting dimmed i light a couple of candles i put some soft music on in the background i'm a huge fan of youtube ambiences which i recently it's the best it's the best <laughs> i'm obsessed with them so if you go on youtube you can search stuff with the search term ambience in it so you could search like haunted ambience you could search forest ambience you could search cozy autumn ambience or whatever and see what comes up and what you like and there's also a website full of ambiences with no video component which is ambient-mixer.com and there's That's a the ton one you of, told me about right yes and there's a ton of stuff on there and there's also it makes me laugh every time i see it because you know the internet has something for everyone and the top ambient mixes always include like sleeping next to dean winchester who is a character from the tv show supernatural and if oh, you God. go into the mix it's literally just like the sound of a furnace kicking on and the sound of a man gently snoring or turning over in the bed sheets periodically but it's like nothing specific to him like it's not like his oh no. <laughs> no not at all. i was like picturing if they took clips of his voice from the show they might like, there might be some mixes like that yeah, and like created like muttering. Like, Gio, like have you been making these mixes on Ambient <laughs> You know what? I started with the podcast and then now I'm, ven I'm venturing into YouTube mixes <laughs> on that topic and like getting in the mood. Yeah. So this is not related to uh, like design work at all, but I've been really into like ja the jazz mixes on YouTube. Oh, like, like specifically, the lo-fi jazz? Yes, like yes. The, caf the cafe ones. Friday of last week, I spent the whole day working. Like I had it like playing while I was working. And then I had to go run a few errands. I went to the gym and then I got home at like quarter to seven. And I was like, hey, I really want to clean my apartment. This is going to like take a couple hours, like a deep, like a deep clean. So mm -hmm. I <laughs> blasted <laughs> jazz. <laughs> I had like my. So old. I know. So I had old. Jazz playing and like, while I was cleaning, like I was kind of like on autopilot and like I was finishing up, my apartment was like spick and span, like super clean. I had food on the stove. So like I was cooking food. So like the smells of dinner were like wafting through and I went and took a shower before I ate. And like, I got out of the shower, you know, like you have that like clean feel where like everything's clean around you, like the shower mm -hmm. was scrubbed. And I was like starting to worry about work like i was like and it was like 9 p.m at this point and i'm like thinking to myself like oh my god you know when you get into those those cycles of thinking that it's not based in anything other than your own bullshit you know what i mean yeah it's just your brain talking to you yeah and so mm -hmm. i sat there and i like said to myself what are you stressed about the whole day you worked over eight hours you were very productive in work you got a bunch of your own shit done you cleaned your apartment you made dinner for tomorrow and tonight you just cleaned yourself you're showered and then I sat in like the present moment and then could hear 
the jazz music from my like, <laughs> like coming into the into the shower and it was just this like beautiful moment of oh i'm good because when you're actually in the space physically and you're present in it I don't know. It changed things for me a little bit. And you have to catch yourself. You're embodying the present moment. That voice that was like, you have so much work to do, blah, 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 is the same voice that tells me that I have to listen to audiobooks at two times speed. (laughs) (laughs) It's migrating from my head to yours. To make mental space for yourself, I think, is a huge piece of protecting your your creation space because you're protecting it from these kind of almost intrusive thoughts that you have that kind of come in and make you focus or fixate on things that have nothing to do with, as you said, the present moment. Like, what is actually happening right now? And I mean, there's so many different ways to deal with that. I think the technique that you employed is really close to meditation or mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not done with the the sex illusions. If you need to like bang out an orgasm before you actually sit down to work, just fucking do it. Relieve some tension and get into it. I'm serious. Uh, I'm turning this into a sex positive podcast. Girl, no, it's I. I'm all about it. I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> I couldn't tell what your reaction was, but I should have known when you like leaned closer to the mic. Let me tell you. <laughs> Maybe this is how I should have started the episode. <laughs> A little gay SMR. Can we, um, yeah, we need to broadcast this at like 2 a.m. This will be the live YouTube channel. Just this is the talking. red band version of this <laughs> No, it's true though. If you need to like get off and then just to like feel like you did something, check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it is, orgasms do alleviate tension also, right? I'm trying to discuss it in the most academic way possible, but it's true. Are you of the school of, are you, wait, is it, how do you say it? Are you I of the school no of idea thought? what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. That if you jerk off, that you're like losing your essence. Like, you know, they say with men, like you're supposed to like retain your semen. So that way your creativity, you're supposed to like not come unless it's like sex. I don't have semen. No, no, I I know, I know, I know. But I No, I I know, you know, I know, but I'm just clarifying (laughs) that I don't have semen. So I've never encountered that, that that school of thought. I'm not surprised though. You and I both came up in a really Catholic context and Mm. there is a lot in Catholicism around how you're not supposed to masturbate at all. And they've justified it in different ways. I think that's really weird. And I would want to see what justification there is or what, like what would corroborate that? Because I don't subscribe to that at all. I think that's bullshit. Like what? Well, there are studies where guys who like won't masturbate for extended periods of time, they feel like they have more energy. They're more alive. They have more uh, focus. And so there's this like theory that if you don't masturbate, then you're, you're just, your physical and mental like sharpness is amplified. Yeah, I would... I don't approach know, <laughs> that with a grain of salt because honestly listening to you talk makes me think of how people describe intermittent fasting as well like almost that exact same oh you're more energized or you're fresher or you're cleaner or you're more your focus is razor sharp or whatever and I just wonder if that's seeking things to confirm a pre-existing bias that would be my question I would look at where the results from or the study that anybody did on that topic came from and see if there was any possible bias going into this study that could have colored the results. Um, 
thinking about your energy and how it's best expended is actually a really good way to think about protecting your creative time. So another thing too is disconnecting from social media. So I have a thing on my phone because I have a Google Pixel that has a setting that lets me block what I have flagged as distracting apps. And not only that, but I've also been really aggressive about limiting my social media time lately. So I've set timers on all of the apps that I use and they just lock me out completely. I can still override it. So like I did it today because I had to post on the Listen to Me podcast. Which is now Listen to Me Pod. We dropped the cast on our (laughs) Instagram. Yes. I'm sure it's still findable. I have confidence. I think that it's important to think about how distracting your phone and social media can be when you are actually setting down to make something or work on a creative project. Because for me, I know that if I leave my phone on alerting or I don't block notifications from certain apps, including any messaging apps. So I use Discord and just texting predominantly and like also sometimes Facebook Messenger. And if I get messages on there, they interrupt my workflow. And I don't think that you and I have spent a lot of time talking about flow on this podcast, but that's definitely something that is a real thing. Like I've experienced that. I'm sure you have as well, right? Like when you're in a groove kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have to say though, with the advent of social media and like phones, every year that goes by, my flow is not flow it's like less and less of a flow. It's like flow now. <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> it's just a lot of this. <laughs> We're not talking does... about masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fat, 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 fat. Um, I love that you like jumped as you were laughing. Because so I'm like trying not to. I'm like laughing, but like not. To, I can't because I the setup I have right now was so delicate and intricate that I can't really move. <laughs> I'm currently recording in my bathroom because I don't want any echoes. <laughs> I look forward to connecting with you every week just to see what new environment you're in. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to figure out how to clip out the the video portion of the podcast so that we <laughs> that we can like show some of it. Maybe <laughs> when it comes to flow, like I find as we move forward in life, I'm finding it harder to. For me to sit down and just do work for an hour is just not a thing. Like there's no way that I've done that in the last year without even looking at my phone or the internet or opening a new tab on my browser. I am constantly checking other things. Yeah. And I think that is an impediment to actually getting into the groove, so to speak, of the work that you're doing. Like I think for myself, I know that there are extension blockers, not extension blockers, there are extensions on browsers that will block certain sites. So there's one that's called Stay Focused that I use, which will, you can set it to different options, but the way that I had it set up was like, it's an allotment of 15 minutes to do anything that wasn't related to writing. You will get tempted to stop midway through a sentence you are writing to go look something up or fact check it do not give in to this temptation and i as always i'm talking to myself first and foremost what i've started doing instead is making a little note i use the um capital t and capital k together and i'll just add it to the word that i'm using because it i think there's something where you like control f when you 
search words in a document, the letters T and K almost never appear together in English. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to find these like to come words. And it's often for stuff where I'll be like, I can't remember the word for this, or I'm not sure if I'm citing the right year or if I'm attributing this quote to the right person. Just stuff that's kind of common sense or that a quick Google search would tell you, but it's so disruptive. It breaks the flow so quickly. And again, this is thing of protecting your creative time. If you are in the flow of writing, don't disrupt yourself. Mm -hmm. Just go, oh yeah, I do need to look that up and then move on. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. don't, don't do it. Even now where you, you go to look something up, but then 20 seconds into you looking at your phone, mm -hmm. you're, I'm not even, I've like, what did I open this for? I completely forgot. And how did I end up looking at porn on Twitter? Like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just crazy. Geo is all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously though, it's fucked. So another way to protect your creative space is to give yourself a pretty decent idea of how much time you need for a certain amount of output. Not to get too technical because you know I'm super mathy. <laughs> no. But yeah, so one of the ideas that I thought was really great um, that came actually from author Nicole Bross at the When Words Collide conference that I attended last year, she gave a speech about, or she gave a presentation, I should say, about tracking her progress on writing, right? Mm -hmm. And she, it was really interesting because she kind of prefaced the, the talk by saying that she was diagnosed later in adulthood with ADHD and she didn't realize that. And as you know, like ADHD interferes with productivity, right? It can make you kind of jump around. I had no idea. Did you know that the reason that that's what, what ADHD does is because of the like interference with serotonin and dopamine receptors in the brain? So ADHD is like constant low-level depression. And the reason that people with ADHD kind of appear that they have an attention deficit actually has nothing to do with their ability to focus. It's more that they don't derive the same level of dopamine or serotonin from activities that they enjoy. Because you know how when you're doing something you really like, it stimulates the chemical receptors in your brain mm -hmm. and you feel really good. And so you want to keep paying attention. They don't have that because the depression interferes with it because the receptors aren't functioning. Sorry, mm. this is a digression, but I thought it was really interesting because I read about it and I was I like, shit. Like that's like a new, that's like a fucking pandemic onto itself. Like the fact that we have phones and technology are, are creating a new generation of people who have problems paying attention. Absolutely. But it's like, why, where is that lack of attention coming from? It's not from self-discipline and it's not from laziness or lethargy or lack of intelligence. It's from addiction to your phone not even addiction but like in the case of adhd it's from the fact that you can't synthesize the chemicals you need to stay engaged with something or enjoy stuff to your point with social media like if you're somebody like me who suffers chronically from depression then it can certainly exacerbate that right because social media gives you these like very small hits of dopamine and serotonin it creates like an addictive pattern in your brain and you can't replicate that from a commitment to something that you need to actually invest in for more than a couple of seconds at a time. Like mm -hmm. if you're actually sitting down to do something, I'm like, oh, that's such a commitment. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. So I wanted to talk about what Nicole Bross presented, which is just a simple Excel spreadsheet that she customized to track her word output. Mm -hmm. And she gave it to all of us who attended the panel that she put on, or it wasn't a panel. I don't know why I can't think of the words today. 
just the speech that she gave or the presentation that she gave. And it was awesome because she allowed us to customize it and use it ourselves. So I think there's definitely something to be aware of when you're tracking your output because it's really easy to use that as a self-criticism or self-flagellating motivation stick. And that's not what I'm advocating for at all. Don't use these tools to make yourself feel like shit because you're not pounding out 8,000 words in 30 minutes or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The point of them is to give yourself an idea of what make the best conditions for your creative output. And then how do you replicate that? So when I track my words, I do it super simply. I'm writing this novel manuscript right now that I was talking about on the podcast before where I'm writing toward a goal of 98,000 words. So obviously I want to keep a running tally of how close I am and I'm trying to go based on a certain structure. So I want to see like how many words are in each chapter and yada, yada. But I also include a little column for notes and I just jot down whether it was difficult, easy, or kind of whatever to write that night and what made it so. So I've noticed that like, for example, on Tuesdays, right after work, I take my dogs to the park and I meet my friend and we walk and that's like a 45 minute walk. And some of the times that we've gone, it's been really hot and I've come home and I've just felt really gross. And then I want to have dinner, which is later. And I want to unwind. And on those nights to write is more difficult. Yeah, of course. So that kind of feeds into this whole theory that I have of, I need to be utilizing my mornings a little bit better but I don't know that I would have intuitively made that connection. So keeping a little log to help me create my best and most productive time and then protect that time, like block it off can be helpful if you're not exactly sure what time you should be protecting. Yeah. But you're also kind of not kind of you're, you're still in that nine to five yeah, like schedule. True. So for you to even put those two together of like, Oh, and let me utilize my mornings as my time. Mm it's a lot harder for you to do that. So it yes. wouldn't even necessarily cross your mind to set that space aside for yourself. Everything gets lumped into the evenings for you. Whereas for me, I can, I really like work whenever I want, which is beautiful. It really goes hand in hand with what we put forward in our episode about creative spaces. And we talked about kind of setting the mood and stuff like that. So for me, I need quiet to write. It's really hard for me to write when there's like a TV on in the background or my dogs are running around or my husband's kind of asking me for stuff. I think like that can also be challenging for people too, because I think there's definitely, okay, I'm not going to call anybody out here. I'm just going to speak to my own tendencies. When I am procrastinating, I will find sneaky ways to be less protective of my creative time. That pile of shirts needs to be folded right Mm -hmm. now, right this second. Oh, my baseboards are looking a little bit dusty and covered in dog hair. Mm -hmm. But I also do it in this way where, again, like I'm being sneaky and I'll like go into my office, but I'll like leave the door open because like Mac wants to come sleep under my desk. Then sometimes he gets too hot and he wants to leave. And then if the door is open, then my other dog, Cheese, might wander in. And then maybe my husband will wander in and be like, hey, I'm just here to give you some encouragement, which is very nice and kind and lovely, but it's also very disruptive. And I kind of do it to myself because I'm not investigating whatever the motivation is in my mind, which oftentimes is simply just, I don't feel like I can do this. That's the big, scary, dark thing at the bottom of all of that procrastination is I don't feel like what I'm doing is valuable enough. 
and I don't feel like it's worthwhile. And actually that was a huge epiphany that I had while I was in the throes of working on this manuscript because we talked about how it's old and I've had it for like quite a few years now and it started out as something completely different and now I've taken it to a, a place that I think is more worthwhile but I still have a lot of fear and anxiety over it and a lot of questioning of my self-worth and what I noticed is that when I would make the space I would do everything right right like I would light the candles I would do my pre-masturbation. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would light the candles. I would pour myself tea. I would make sure that my door was closed. I would put my ad block or my app blockers on. I would leave my phone outside of my office, like all of that stuff. I would make sure that I had it done. And then I would sit down and nothing would happen. Like I couldn't get the words out. I'd write like a sentence and I'd be like, I hate this. Or I'd write a sentence and then I'd open a browser, turn off the app blocker and try Googling something else. And I was like, why the fuck am I fucking around so much? And I just applied a level of self-compassion that I so rarely demonstrate to myself where I like actually sat with the discomfort and I was like, what, what is this? Like, what's at the bottom of this? What's impeding me from actually doing this? Because I've done everything else in my power to make it as easy as possible for me to dedicate time to doing this. And I keep saying, I want to do it. I want to do it. And what was at the bottom there was just me being like, this isn't valuable enough. It is good to know that, but then next steps are addressing that. One of the biggest hurdles that I've had to overcome, especially in the last few years, when it comes to work and being motivated to be productive has been this underlying narrative, I guess, of does this matter? Mm -hmm. Like who cares? What are you doing? How is this valuable? Yeah. <laughs> and, and what's underneath like, that is all this other rhetoric that's like, this is stupid. You're not talented enough. You're it's not, not about that. Anything. It's like, not, it, in this case, it's not about what I'm saying about this particular example. It's not about my worthiness. I'm talking like an existential, the world is collapsing this doesn't matter as much as i'm like a champion of people following their dreams and and really connecting with their creative careers at the end of the day we're human and it's really hard to ignore the fact that you know the the world is on fire literally and mm -hmm. metaphorically yep. and so it that's that's been a lot of things where i'm like oh, what am i doing with my energy is this really like worth it you know but then again like you said in the previous episode we can't save the fucking world you know what I mean? Like it's such a, a big undertaking. So it's, it's, that's been a, a more vulnerable <laughs> like expose on how I feel about my work. <laughs> this is the entertainment channel podcast. <laughs> ECP. I think, I do think that existentialism though is driven by this idea that who we are as individuals doesn't measure up necessarily to the big worries or the big questions or the mm -hmm. big pursuits of the world and so i do think that in context it does sorry <laughs> mac just walked in here and picked up this little nubbin of bone that he's having a hard time chewing because it's too small for him to hold and he fucking whipped it against the wall and then looked at me like bitch what are you gonna do <laughs> take this thing off my face oh no wait that's cheese yeah that's cheese hold on i'm gonna close him out of the office <laughs> talking about protecting ourselves. <laughs> <laughs>
do think that inherent in that is some level of comparison. And it's kind of what I was meaning to kind of come around to when I was talking about metrics and timing yourself and trying to figure out how productive you can be given a certain environment or circumstances or factors. And the whole idea of this isn't going to address what's really going on. Like, yeah, that is true. You're, it's not wrong. That's not a logical fallacy. Like mm-hmm. your work as a graphic designer won't address climate change. <laughs> and this podcast isn't going to fix systemic anti-Black racism, but we're still doing things that engage us and we're building community. And I do think that those things have to matter. I think that's the like push, the breakthrough, the pushing through of like, okay, so now I figured out that the reason I'm procrastinating is because I don't feel like this is- I'm not connected to the work. Right? So, I mean, there's definitely a difference between creative pursuits that you need to do to make a living and pay your bills and get that sweet, sweet Wi-Fi for your lo-fi chill hop mixes on YouTube. But there's also- that creative space that you're protecting for yourself. And I think that content we're sharing in this episode can work. (laughs) This episode can be a vessel of content and information (laughs) for both of those things, right? Which is where you're contextualizing your work in this way where you're like, okay, this might not be solving the world's ills, but for me, if I'm having to write a regulatory policy document, I can take the context of, I need to do this in order to, buy kibble for my dogs so that they stay alive and put pizza dough on the table for me and my husband because we made pizza tonight Mm. it was really good i made the dough yes thank you um you know what i mean so you can use that to overcome sort of that procrastination but in terms of actual creative projects i think those are the ones that dig deep into our soul and we do derive our sense like when's the last time that you worked on a piece of art that you actually like gave a shit about that wasn't just for work it's been a while. <laughs> oh my God. I think the last time I made a piece of art that was, it was at the end of last year. So almost a year ago. What was it? I made a large panel. Like I painted a canvas for my mother for Christmas. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I should drop some unsolicited advice on you and be like, maybe you should start making art again for yourself. I know. I know. I even the other night, that night I was talking about earlier with the. I know. It's the truth. I know. (laughs) I know. I I had it in my head. I was like, maybe I should like draw tonight or like do something, you know? And then I ended up eating and then like watched (laughs) something on my computer and like went to bed it was I know I should <laughs> I know yeah listen to me this is what I'm saying but it's hard it it gets really difficult and there's different aspects to it too like there's like okay I can definitely talk myself into doing stuff for the podcast because you are another person involved in that and then I have accountability to you mm-hmm. but when it's stuff that I only have accountability to myself for I struggle And again, I think that is connected to this idea of, well, is it worth it? And then the question underneath that is, well, am I worth it? And the dialogue that I've been trying to have with myself lately is, yeah, I fucking am worth it. So like yesterday I sat down and I took 
15 minutes to do a tarot card spread, which I haven't done in a few days. Actually, it was longer than a few days. If I'm being honest, it was probably more like two weeks, but I felt really called to work with this deck of cards that my friend Fadima, shout out Fadima. Oh, she reads tarot on YouTube under Scorpio Stiletto. So you can look her up. And she gifted me this deck and it's really cool. It's Work Your Light is the name of the deck. And the cards that I drew, Geo, they were literally like you were screaming at me from the corner of my office. It was transcendent and spooky as fuck. It, it was, was like, <laughs> well, it was like, okay, so what did I pull? I pulled, you're already doing it, which is confirmation that I'm on my creative path and a path toward raising my consciousness. There was star mother, which is like, how can I better mother myself, which I've been talking about so much because that really fits into all of the blah, blah I'm doing about self-compassion and being kind to myself and being patient with myself. And there was find your calling. Like, have you answered the universe's calling to you? Mm -hmm. And warrior woman, which made me laugh because the picture was a woman with like long, dark hair, just like my hair looked when I got married. And just Are like Gio's hair up? looks now. now. <laughs> the last one was awakening. It, that was on the bottom of the deck. And it was about the pursuit of again, that raising your consciousness, that questioning of beliefs and coming into alignment with new ways of seeing the world and all of this stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, this is so affirming in so many ways. And if I hadn't taken the time to do it, if I had just been like, oh yeah, this is something that I could be doing, but really I should be listening to an audiobook at two times speed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Then I wouldn't have done it. And I think that it's important to value yourself that way and do things that bring you pleasure. And again, I'm not talking about masturbation, but that fits here. And that helps us to recalibrate our creative compass and to refill our creative cups. If you're only doing things because you think this has to be the most valuable or the most use of our time or of my time, or this has to maximize this. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting to be efficient, but you also have to take a time out to do creative stuff that you enjoy. I talk a big game on this podcast about setting time aside and doing this and that. But when like work is the thing, that's where my energy goes. And I just, cause I, I'd rather tick off the things for other people because I feel like I have to based on the fact that I'm being paid for it. And it's like, I know I can make the time. Yeah. I can just not be on my phone or get and not watch something before bed and be a little creative and yeah. make some art or draw or whatever. And, and I, <laughs> it's rare that I do it. You get into these loops of, Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Yep. It's just yep, like yep, working yep. all the time. <laughs> no, but that's it, right? And then when you're done working, you're like, I'm fucking exhausted and I have all this other shit that needs to get done because I got to make myself dinner and I got to do this and I got to do that and blah, blah, blah. I totally I, know what you're talking about. I think for me too, honestly, one of the things that is not a deterrent, I, I think, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's a deterrent from creating art or being artistic uh, when it's not work related, like when I'm not being paid for it is the fact that I'm creatively on demand all day, mm -hmm. most, most days. So that by the end of the day, I'm, I, even though like, let's say I did a drawing 
it yeah. doesn't, it's not like that's hard. Yeah. It's not like it's like, oh, I got to think. I got to think about strategy. I have to, like, there's, it, it's not like during the day. But because I'm so, like, you know, quote unquote, creatively tapped, I almost, like, don't want to do it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to, like, be more creative. I don't want to have to, like, draw or, like, add, you know what I mean? Even though it's not taxing, it's like my brain tells me or my mind or whatever, my ego is saying, like, no, don't do this. You've already done enough yeah. today, you know? And it's, it's like, like pushing back maybe a little bit. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think like there are two things that come to mind when I hear you say that. And one thing is I wonder if it's a boundary that you need to set to for yourself with yourself to be like, I don't need to be on demand all the time for people to creatively tap me or to have this expectation of myself that I'm constantly having a creative output but then my other thought in relation to that is why does it have to be drawing? Like, is there anything else that you can connect with or engage with creatively that wouldn't strain sort of your already depleted resources in terms of like drawing or painting, but would still let you find that creative flow? I mean, I love to cook. That's something when I'm in the zone like mm -hmm. when I'm cooking. I made this weekend, okay, <laughs> a bomb. It's the, it was the, one of the best chicken parms I've ever eaten in my life. And I'm not I just saying like that to you're me. trying to, if you're going to be erotic, you have to get closer to the mic, Geo. The moistest. Ew, ew, <laughs> ew. I hate you. The breast was so moist. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> But it was honestly delicious. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like just that, just the process of, okay, I, you know, we were talking about setting the space and the time to do the thing. I'm like, okay, I have an hour and a half to prep, to cook, to do all the things I need to do to get this meal made. When it comes to that, I have no problems. Yeah. Like I so was that's focused where you're the whole time. finding like your creative replenishment, it sounds like, because you're actually setting the time and you're setting your boundaries. I don't think you're like checking your apps while you're cooking. Like you're actually setting aside time for it and you're doing it. Yeah. I honestly, I put on a podcast or, or some music and then I just do what I need to do. Yeah. And it's like so nice. What's really interesting to me is that one of the things that I see over and over when I'm reading articles or listicles about protecting creative time or creative space. Wait, 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 wait. What? I said Did listicles. You... What the fuck? That's a real thing. It's list and article. <laughs> Have you never heard that before? So basically BuzzFeed is what you're talking yes, about. That's, I probably BuzzFeed like came up with that. Did you know listicles. that Chelsea Peretti's brother started BuzzFeed? No, yeah, but I feel like every famous person has... gives BuzzFeed as an example in the usage sentence for the definition. Listicle, a piece of writing or other content presented wholly or partly in the form of a list. Quote, a recent BuzzFeed listicle called 21 Pictures That Will Restore Your Faith in Humanity has attracted more than 13 million views, end quote. Continue. I'm just so flirty today. You know? <laughs> I know. I'm like, laughing at how it's because it sounded like testicle. And that's what caught your attention. You're like, mm -hmm. no, and that's not even it. I was like, that's not a word. Like, listicle. I knew exactly what you were referring to, but it was like, <laughs> oh, 
god. This is another I wish I could take credit for that, but I can't. But anyway, okay, so in all seriousness, what I meant to say about it is that when I'm reading articles like that, they always give these really practical tips for how to set up your space or protect your time when you want to do something creative, like close the door, turn off your phone and all of this stuff like that. But I don't, I think what's missing in that is this component of the self-talk that we talked Mm -hmm. about today and having that self-compassion and bringing sort of like a curiosity without the ego. Like you really have to set aside your ego and not in the sense that you're ignoring the ego, but like I was talking about before, if I'm getting hung up on stuff and I'm procrastinating, I'm bringing a curiosity, a non-judgmental curiosity to what is happening in my brain, my my broken brain that I love dearly, where I'm like, what, what is going on? What is my block around this? And then if I discover something that's related to my ego, I can treat that with compassion. I just, I get to choose not to give it credence. Yeah. So if I'm getting hung up because I'm like, it doesn't matter how many words I write today, I'm never going to catch up to such and such author who's already published 50,000 books and I'm comparing myself to somebody else because I'm mad at myself that I haven't already gotten there or done the thing. I need to be able to investigate that and confront it and then move forward and integrate that. You know what I mean? I need to be able Mm -hmm. to look at it with compassion and go, okay, it's valid that I'm having this thought, but it doesn't make it true. And it doesn't mean that I have to kowtow to it. I don't have to let it, what's the word, dictate how I spend my time. Last week I was, I just worked so much. It was a lot. And I saved one project in particular for Sunday because I just, Saturday I was like, I need the day off. I need to just like not look at my fucking computer in a work context. So I said to myself, you have this, this thing to do, this one thing, which is, you know, it's like, there's a lot of little things within that one thing that I need to do. It's a yeah. revising a website. And I said to myself, you have Sunday to do it. As long as it gets done before the end of the day, you're good. You know, there was no like, by this time you need to be done. Like it was just at your own pace. And it was nice to just kind of allow myself to chill. Like, even though I'm like, fuck, I have so much to do today. And I have to go through this whole list of items for this website revision. But to not have you need to be done by a certain hour or you need to be starting by a certain hour. Yeah. And I still got it done. I think that we owe it to ourselves if we're working on making stuff that we truly deeply care about. So this is outside Mm. the context of working on stuff for work or things that we need to get done. I think we owe it to ourselves to give it our uninterrupted, undivided time and attention while also keeping in mind that we're not there to set a PR, like a personal record or a personal best or anything like that. Like give yourself a break, but also let yourself take up the whole time and really set those boundaries. Like I can't, I just don't feel, and again, I'm only speaking for myself here, but I don't feel as fulfilled and I don't feel that I am giving myself the attention and the value that I deserve when I'm trying to multitask or back burner my creative projects. Like I am working on transitioning into a mindset where I'm like, it's not selfish for me to take the time 
to only focus on this thing that I want to focus on and whether or not I get it done or into the shape that it will be at the end of everything Mm -hmm. isn't the point. It's about how does it make me feel about myself when I actually take the time to really, really focus on this stuff. It is a struggle these days. Like it really is difficult. I'm not suggesting that it's easy. (laughs) No, 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 no. I I know you're not. I'm just like adding to that, right? I find it so difficult to have my head in the game for extended periods of time. Mm -hmm. And by extended, I mean half an hour to an hour. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's very difficult. Yeah, but I think we owe it to ourselves to try. And there are ways that you can work toward making it less difficult for yourself. And like I said, there are things that you can do like taking notes or timing yourself or whatever. And again, this is not a way for you to gauge your productive output in terms of I'm bad if I don't do this much in this period of time. It's just to help give yourself a leg up, like using the scientific method, experiment and see where 15 minutes, you know what I mean? Like you, even the stuff that we were talking about at the top of the episodes with the page, the morning pages mm-hmm. from the artist's way, like I'm interested in doing that because I want to see how much of an impact it has on my writing time in the day. So like, say if I do the morning pages for 15 minutes in the morning, cause that's all the time I have before I need to roll out of bed and onto my laptop <laughs> and start working <laughs> for my eight hour day or whatever. I'm interested to see if that will cut out some of the like faffing around that I do when I do actually go to write. Cause I will take the time to write and I'll say, okay, from 7.30 to 8.30, I'm going to sit down in my office and write. But often for the first like 15 minutes, I'm just kind of like fucking around. I'm like moving stuff on my desk or I'm like, I need to adjust my chair. It's like a quarter inch too high. Now it's a one eighth of an inch too low. You know what I mean? So like, I wonder if that comes from that chattering that we were talking about, like your brain talking to you. Mm -hmm. And it's, experimental like I don't want to approach any of this shit by being like if this doesn't work it means that something is wrong with me or it's wrong with the technique or the approach that I'm trying just be curious about it just be like is this working people won't necessarily do the exploration of Mm -hmm. those potential new work patterns because once again and this is like that calcification almost of self if that makes sense through the ego where this is who i am so you you're like automatically shutting out any potential for any new developing techniques or working patterns or anything like that and then you just go into well this is how i always have this is how i've always done it or this is how i do things therefore (laughs) that's a legit thing though honestly geo i remember having a conversation with one of my friends at work one time because we had been listening to this podcast i still really like Um, It's by Carol Lowenthal and it's called Unfuck Your Brain. It used to be called something else. It was called like the Lawyer Podcast or something like that because she used to be an attorney, I think. In the podcast, there's this one episode I remember because my coworker listened to it and she confronted me about it after. And in this episode, Kara talks about how you are not 
your personality. Like what you identify as your personality is just thoughts that you have. And you tell yourself the story that, oh, I'm the kind of person who would never, or I'm the kind of person who always, or Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, once you realize that these are just thoughts that you're telling yourself, you basically get to dictate what kind of person you are. You, You get to make the choice. It's not that it's just set in stone that you are like this. And my work friend heard it. She was like, how is that possible? Because people are so closely identified to these thoughts that they have, that they identify as confirming what they think of as their personality or the construct of who they are, that it does. It absolutely inhibits people from being like, what if I just started doing this? Or what if I just stopped doing this and see what happens? Because it throws their whole sense of self out of whack. But what they don't realize is that that's not a true sense of self because you get to determine it. 100%. This is like the perfect example of that is when I was younger and I was going through my own shit in my 20s. And a lot of that would come out as me being sarcastic, but in like a rude way, like it was, or I would just be overly critical or judgmental or all of, you know, just like negative qualities. And it, people would like, it would be like, oh, you're so sassy. You're so, you know, you're so um, blunt or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would use that as an excuse. Like, oh, well, I'm just being honest. Like, I'm just, I'm just like laying it down, whatever. This is just who I am, like whatever. Yeah. And then I realized like, I don't like being that person because mm. I, it's just an excuse to like vent my anger or my frustration to people. Yeah. And when I realized, you know, going to what you just said about how you have a choice and I was like, I'm going to choose to not react. You know what I mean? You'll even learn that you could be less judgmental along the way. But that, and that's a, but by doing that, that just by saying like, okay, I don't need to say something every time someone, I don't need to react every time. That in itself was an indicator that I can change my behavioral patterns. I can judge. I haven't said that in a while. Have you I spelled can... it in a while? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. God, it's the word. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, but it's the truth. Like, like you, and you realize, like, oh, I have a lot more—not control, because that's not the—that's not the word I want to use. But I have a lot more say in how I am as a person, and when it comes to my traits as a person, I have a lot more say in how I am versus just being. I I hate the like that's just who I am when it's like a negative thing or, and it's like negative or positive. Cause I think the line there is pretty thin. I think the line between negative and positive traits are pretty thin because depending on the behavior that you're rewarded for, right? Because okay. Yeah. But that's just, a whole, that's a whole other thing though. Like, you know, yeah, I'm just you trying to make just, it like base. Yeah, for sure. But you were just talking about that. Like you were saying how, when you were being, judgmental of other people people were being like oh you're sassy or you're because i've experienced that too and i've enjoyed it and that's Mm -hmm. part of what has informed my behavior is when people are like oh my god you're so like rude but it's really funny like and so i'm rewarded with this you know what I mean? Interaction. And so I'm yes. like, Oh, I'm going to keep doing that until at this. Yeah. I kind of hit the same wall that you did because I think we had similar upbringings, like sort of I don't oldest know, child, oldest child. And also my Italian family are very critical and judgmental of each other. They're so mean to each other. And yeah, sometimes it's funny, but mostly it's snarky. Like it's mean And it's meant to elicit laughter, but always at the expense of somebody else. And so when I did that kind of stuff, I would be rewarded for that in my family. You know what I mean? 
Sorry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so you know you're saying like the snarkiness of the yes. family and how it's sometimes mean. Yeah. Well, my family has finally understood my humor where they realize that it's not anger or or not um it's not malicious yeah and when i joke and so the other night i was over at my parents for dinner and normally when i make like certain critical jokes of people specifically my parents like they don't they in the past have like been like oh. and so my we were talking about uh we were all sitting around the table and we were talking about how the time at the beginning of quarantine when i shaved my beard for the first time in 10 years and how <laughs> no, i just you have not had that beard for 10 years bitch oh my god oh. it was the first time i had a clean shaven face yeah. in a decade and i immediately regretted it <laughs> and so we're sitting around talking about it and my mom was like yeah well you know like it just it just you know you just look better with a beard you know and I, she's like you're just <laughs> your chin is just, it's not, it's not so strong. And I like looked at her and I was like, oh I was like, well, at least I only have one chin. Oh my <laughs> and my mom looked at me and she goes, that's a good one. <laughs> and I was like, yes, we can joke. I love that we can joke. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, sidebar. <laughs> uh, no, that's legit though. I know it's hard. It's hard to know like when it's okay to say stuff like that. That's very funny that your mom said that. Mm, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good. Like, I love that's good. That's Shang good. Yeah, Shangela just like passing judgment, like approved. Yeah. Beforehand. Oh, she's been, but she's been given the zingers. Like, she, like lately, she's <laughs> been, she's been like understanding. I don't know what the word is. The banter. She just gets it, like the the tone, I guess. She's quipping. She's quipping back. Yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. I love it so much. I'm like, yes, please rake me over the coals. Like, I want <laughs> you to make fun of me because it's fucking hilarious. Because I don't take myself seriously. Like, I really don't. And yeah, so yes, that's definitely a thing with self-deprecating humor. I actually feel the same because I definitely tease my husband a lot, but I like it when he teases me too because I think it's really funny. Like he's it's funny. very funny. Yeah. Yeah, cuz like I yeah. like I have so many things about me that they're like the biggest target. Like there's no way you can miss it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like how could you not attempt to aim at the fucking target? It's right in front of you. Like if you're being silly, I want to make fun of it because it's hilarious. I, I don't know. I just, I love, I love that. Do you want to just skip the power up or do you want to do the power up? Oh, I don't think I have a creative power up today. I... Me neither. <laughs> oh, is that why you want to skip? I'm gauging. I'm gauging. <laughs> We're really close to the autumn equinox right now because it's september 14th it's in a week it's in a week and i've been looking at different sort of like harvest traditions and foods and stuff to make um like stuff with apples and things like that because in the northern hemisphere Spells. there are lots of apples um no more like little like rituals or like things like that in a in a witchy way and also yeah like getting back into the tarot into my tarot readings and it's been really nice i find that really relaxing and doing my cross stitches and watching halloween specials and things like that it's been pretty good we've been watching julie and the phantoms on netflix have you seen that mm -mm. it's it's by the guy who did high school musical 
which is why I was kind of laughing earlier when you were like, I got to get my head in the game because that is from High School Musical. That's one of the songs. I, actually, I think that's the only song that I know from High School Musical and I don't even know how it goes. I just know there's a line in it that's like, get your head in the game. Uh, the only song I know from that is, uh, we're all in this together. That was a High School Musical song. So yeah, it's a musical, <laughs> but it's like about this girl who discovers like three boys living in her garage but they're dead and they were part of a band and so there's lots of music and uh yeah it's very fun my sister showed me i think it's called steven universe love steven universe so much is that what it's called yeah it's a cartoon right it is yeah like all of the things that i think about on a daily basis like this existential like narrative that is constantly plaguing me as you know like like I don't talk about it too much on this because I don't you know whatever yeah but like how I view my existence and the world and the interconnectedness of humanity it's like it just that show is so beautifully done yeah visually that, it's really arresting as well visually the concepts the way that the dialogue between characters is explains it explains so perfectly what I think Mm -hmm. it just I don't know I really liked it I saw a couple episodes with Lorena and it was blowing my mind that something was so perfectly created and yet it was so like chaotic but so calming at the same time to watch you gotta tell me if you keep watching it Clay and I've watched all of it we've watched every I... single season and the movie <laughs> well, it was a movie yeah. I didn't I honestly have only seen like and there was like, Two episodes. An, uh, like a sequel season where Steven is older and it's called Steven Universe Future and there's music. Here we are in the future. <laughs> so good. Here Love we it. are now here. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. I yeah. will. Anyway. I want to thank everyone for listening to me. And me. And if you have any burning questions or you have any listicles that you think would tickle us, please email <laughs> us at listen to me podcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on social media. And if you like what you hear, let us know by rating this podcast and subscribing. Yes. And as I said, uh, we're all over social media at listen to, that's the number two me pod. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And the music in this episode is graciously provided by audionautics.com. Bye! Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. I feel like when I try to be sexy, I just sound like I'm dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that most people these days where they're like, I'm hot, I'm sexy. Look at me looking off into the distance. Look at well, my dead eyes. eyes.